Welcome back to the Sudish Podcast. In the last episode, we heard how Kalyana, a Sikh of Guru Hargobind, fought bravely, shooting and killing a commander named Balwand Khan. How then Ali Baksh got his revenge and took out Kalyana. Balwand Khan and Ali Baksh, they pressed in, they brought in about 2,000 troops with them. These troops were now fighting fiercely against the Sikhs. Chapter 35 now begins describing how only a few Sikhs were now fighting against that force brought by Ali Baksh. And these Sikhs had now been encircled by these Pratan forces. Guru Hargobind saw this and furious in his heart. The force of Ali Baksh was fighting hard and arrogantly, shooting off their rifles. This force had now swelled up over the Sikhs there while beating their battle drums. In their hands, they were holding up their battle standards, which were flapping. And in their heart, they had thought victory was now theirs. Guru Hargobind then readied his bow. Latching an arrow to his bowstring, he pulled back this heavy bowstring near his ear, then let off this vicious wide arrow, just piercing warriors, going through one, two, three, four, five warriors at a time. As far back as Abdul Khan, the main general was, that arrow would reach there, just piercing warriors. In this way, Guru Hargobind was just enraged, letting off arrows, killing countless Mughal Bhutan warriors there. They were yelling out, who's killing us? We can't see where this fire is coming from. How many of us have been killed by these arrows? They were just getting slammed by these arrows, so they didn't press any more forward. And at that point, Guru Hargobind looked towards Bai Nanno with his graceful glance and commanded him, Ali Baksh is ahead of you, and from your hand, his death will come. Let off your rifle continuously. Be cautious upon your approach, and then shoot him down. So Nanno heard this, grabbed his heavy bow, and then set off on his horse pressing forward while looking at the enemy army. The 300 troops along with Nanno pressed forward, shooting off their bows, letting off arrows rain from the sky. The Turks, they were letting off their rifles as well, all at once. Both sides met with this massive clash, letting off a loud roar. The Turk side had the tenacious six pounds upon them. Nanno rode quickly forward on his horse while looking at Ali Baksh. He grabbed his bow and arrow, pulling out a sharp arrow. These arrows wouldn't leave anyone living if they were struck by them. He went right in front of Ali Baksh while Ali Baksh was prepping his rifle. He was getting the match ready. And that idiot, while he was doing that, Nanno aimed with his wide arrow and let it off. It flew so fast, like a snake. While Ali Baksh was aiming, it went straight into his face. His face was like a snake hole. So it was like watching a snake quickly jet across and then vanish inside a snake hole. His head just spun around being hit by the arrow. All the Bhutan warriors saw this and freaked out. Some even pulled back, looking at the strong, large warriors of the six. The six were pulling back their swords, bringing it down, killing the enemy greatly there. And in seeing this happening, Abdul Khan, the main general, desired to stop this. He looked over and saw Imam Baksh, another general, and said, what are you looking at? What are you doing? Our Turk warriors are afraid in their heart and are running back to us here. Take our forces with you and go face the enemy in battle. Kill the six who have gained strength in battle. Where will all these idiots go running away? Go turn them around and embolden them. Give courage to our troops. Imam Baksh heard this. He rode forward quickly, taking with him a thousand troops. Where Nanno was fighting and killing many, he went there quickly on his horse. They clashed with the forces there, shooting many down with their guns, hitting many in the heart. The warriors were falling off their horses, crying out in pain. But the six of the Guru, they fought fiercely. Not giving up one step in battle, they stood f firm. Their swords were glistening, 
dripping with blood, which had cut off the limbs of many. These swords cut off the face of many in battle as well. Some just sliced these faces off. Others had their nose cut off. Others had their eyes plucked out. Some had their shoulders cut off. Their hands were still holding their weapons while their arms fell to the ground. Some had their necks chopped, the heads rolling around on the floor. Their bodies would shake. These warriors would also be cut in the process, but still wouldn't step back at all and would continue to fight. They would stand there with their cutting swords in hand. Many just had blood pouring and squirting from their bodies. Imam Baksh, he came straight on. He was an excellent rider. He would get on his horse, the horse would gallop, it would jump so far, it would go side to side, and every now and then he would take his rifle and shoot off. Sometimes he would take a spear, impale somebody, sometimes he would strike him down with the sword. When he clashed against Nanno, both were holding a very sharp sword. They moved their horses around, looking at the tactics, the opportunities, while both making their swords glisten in the air. Both had great skill in moving their horse around, and they got close. When Nanno did the first strike, Imam Baksh used the sword to guide, to deflect the sword strike away. But Nanno then did another quick strike and cut off Imam Baksh's left hand. Imam Baksh was super pissed having his left hand cut. It was cut straight off. But immediately then, he struck down forcefully with his sword at Nanno. It cut Nanno from the shoulder across his torso and he fell to the ground off his horse. With great respect, the heavenly damsels, they came down from heaven and picked up Nanno, taking him to the afterlife. Six saw this and they were enraged. They went face on with their spears, arrows, guns, letting them all off. They threw these projectiles and then clashed in with their swords. The countless Turks were yelling, kill, kill, kill. Pressing forward, jumping towards the six, a great roar sped across. Havoc was unfolding. Both sides were beating their battle drums. Guns, pistols, spears, arrows, axes, all were used, injuring, maiming, and killing others. Some six ran back before establishing themselves again, and some reached even far back to meet Guru Harglin, saying, Great King, Nanno has died in battle. You don't have a commander there now. The Turks have gotten the upper hand at the moment. Quickly send another commander there. Look forward, see how the Turks are creating great havoc and chaos. Guru Hargobind heard this, looked over, then he saw Paragra, another commander. He brought him close. He said to Paragra, now you go quickly into the battlefield and unleash your great strength. The priceless warriors, Jagana, Kishana, they too were standing there. Guru Hargobind saw them and sent these wise warriors as well to the battlefield. Many other warriors joined in as well, running and pressing forward, fighting greatly in the chaos. They went there on their horses, rifles in hand, along with spears, arrows, and all. The Khans remained steady there. They didn't pull back. They were attacking and killing many. From all sides now, the sound of the clash of the swords erupted. Imam Baksh was roaming around with just one hand, the other being cut off. Jagannath went there quickly and made quick work of him, killing him with great strength. The six came and provided reinforcements, trying to press the Mughal forces back with, set up their firm positions. Their implanted battlefields were stuck in the ground. They didn't take one step back, but Paraga and his battalion mounted a fierce attack on them with swords. The Mughal Patans were cut up into pieces, but they still didn't take one step back. The warriors of the Guru were yelling out, take their positions, press harder. At that point, Bidichan looked at Guru Hargobind and said, command me. In that area where it's kicking off greatly, let me provide support there. Guru Hargobind heard this and then gave permission, saying to Bidichan, Go help them to take these positions, but don't stay there long. Come back quickly here with great resolve. 
And Bidichan heard this, then quickly went off on his horse, riding quickly with some warriors, shouting out kill, kill, all along the way, while killing and striking down thousands. They were striking down with their swords against the great warriors. Both sides were locked in now in this terrifying battle. Bodies were spread out on top of other bodies. One warrior would kill an enemy, then get struck himself, falling onto the body that he killed. Bidichan reached that area that the six and the enemies were fighting over. He implanted his Nishansai, his battle standard, in the ground there, and then he went to work. How many did he kill? How many did he ever retreat and run away? The six there gained their resolve and then held that position, standing there at the ready. The enemy troops, they all ran away at this point. They were not even looking back as they were running toward their main commander, Abdul Khan. They approached him and said, Patans are getting destroyed there. So many have been laid out. All the army freaked out and ran back. They stole your battle standards, which were implanted in the ground. They pressed us so hard. They pushed us back. They took our positions. Nobody was able to stand and fight there. They laid such a siege against us. They were cutting us down. We weren't able to push them back at all. They stole the battle standards, killing many of us while pressing forward. Abdul Khan heard this and he was shocked, thinking that he randomly set off on this battle plan and now he's had so many of his army, so many troops of his have been now killed. He looked over at the cause, Garam Chand, who was Chandu's kid, and Ratan Chand, who was Kera's kid, and in anger he said to them, what are you two doing? What are you two looking at? You persuaded me to get my army killed? You said that the Guru didn't even have any warriors. Just with him, a poor grouping of six. Their army is like salt amongst our vast flower-like army. They're so little in comparison, but now look what's happened. They killed so many of us. Out of the five generals together, with the 5,000 troops, they have killed them all. Many of them came back running to me here from the fierce attack that the six laid on them. My eldest son has 2,000 troops with him. Go with him. Take 2,000 troops from me as a reserve and go along with him into the battlefield. I'll come behind you all at some distance, so press forward to where the Guru is. Capture or kill him, but go quickly. Listening to this, Ratanjan was also in shock, and he said, but they don't have that many troops. You know this as well. How are they even fighting? Now we'll go watch how we fight. How will they stop us? We'll send them all running. So Nabi Baksh, who was the eldest son of Abdul Khan, he looked to his father and then said, Father, why are you worried? It's only until I get there in the battlefield that this battle is going to continue. Watch how I go there and kill them all. Who will be able to fight me? Looking at their troops, it looks like they're all a mix of low caste servants all piled together in this group. They don't know anything about warfare. I'll go grab them. Nobody will be able to fight in front of me. Come at some distance behind us. Stay strapped with your weapons. But watch. Nobody will be able to bear our might. We'll send them all running. So stand back and watch. In shooting our rifles, we'll encircle them. We'll win this battle and then we'll go home. Our honor will be intact and the people will praise us. So Nabi Baksh said this. Then he took off in great rage, holding his sword and beautiful shield. He also had a vicious looking spear. The spear had this spearhead that looked like a flower petal. His eyes were dark red. He sped off on his agile horse, moving quickly, gracefully like a dancer. The rest of the army went along with him, like a wave that spilled forward. Ratanjan, with great enthusiasm, also traveled along 
on one side of the entire group. On the other side was Karam Chand, Chandu's kid, who with great resolve also pressed forward, giving the troops support and encouragement. He was telling them, we'll capture the Guru in this one attack by splitting the forces open. So that's how chapter 35 concludes. In the next chapter, we're going to hear how this battalion of Navi Baksh, Karam Chand and Ratan Chand go against the six. So that's what we're going to pick up next time. But as always, I'd like to thank those who have been supporting the podcast through the Mangalacharan Patreon page.